0: Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence, fires for the end zone, touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodges the eye of this national championship win.
1: A deep throw by
0: Lawrence, a lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's done!
1: Welcome into episode 137 of Press Pass. Kaylee Anderson here with my co-host Joshua Perry. And before we get this thing started, I had to give a shout out to my co-host today because he is just uh, doing some big things. Went on the Paul Feinbaum show this week, which I bring Paul Feinbaum up a lot in these podcasts because he clearly is down here in SEC country, but he's never opposed to bringing on great guests with great knowledge, and therefore, that is why he had Joshua Perry on this week. <laughs> what was that like, my friend?
0: It was so fun. I mean, he's he's a cool dude. Uh, we were talking a little bit in the break, and you know, he joked around about some of the things he had to say about the 2014 Buckeyes during that playoff run. Um, he looked up my Wikipedia page, I guess, and saw that I was born in Nashville. So he's like, he's like, how did Ohio State get you out of Tennessee? And I was like, I was born in Tennessee, but I wasn't raised in Tennessee. And so kind of did that thing. Um, and just, you know, we we reminisced for a little bit. I think the 2014 season is such an intriguing story. So yeah. he wanted to ask some questions about that, especially um, with the connection. They are playing Alabama down south in the first round there was some intrigue I'm sure for his listeners and then yeah we kind of looked ahead to this upcoming weekend in the Big Ten specifically with Ohio State and Oregon and got some thoughts on that one but um you know it was I, I think it's awesome I've been doing a ton of uh media hits lately yeah you know it's just it's that time of year but that was probably the biggest one I've done to date um and so it's just super exciting
1: and I just love it because when you're on a show like Paul Feinbaum He's nationwide, clearly, but the passion that surrounds his show with his listeners is to another level. So it's always fun when you get guests on from different parts of the country talking about, you know, Ohio State, because he actually has a lot of listeners who call in from Columbus Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. It's just great to get the chatter going. And so I thought that that was really cool that he involved
0: you (laughs) He's such a showman too, he is. because as he's doing my intro, he's like, I'm surprised we got you past security. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, you know, he knows who he's playing to because the people in the South eat that up. And then the people up North might take a little bit of umbrage to it. And so he just, he knows exactly how to, to get the thing rolling. He um, does A really cool experience.
1: I love it. Well, we're excited to talk some football because Man, week one was so much fun. And I'm not saying that just to say it. The ratings proved it. I mean, three of the games were just through the roof with the Nielsen ratings this past weekend, including that spectacular game that we saw between Notre Dame uh, and Florida State on Sunday. I was
0: glued to the TV for that one. What a treat.
1: I mean, what was the best part of that game to you?
0: Well, I I think there were a number of things. Um, Is number one, the the history with Bobby Bowden and the tribute, right? And I think it starts there because there's so much emotion tied to that. And for the football community in general, I think there are a lot of people that held him in high esteem. And so there was just an attraction based off of that. Then you're talking about one of the historic venues for college football packed. And I'm just watching them you know, do the chop and everything. And it's just like, it brings back everything that we missed from last year about college football. And then it's two recognizable blue blood brands, like the uniforms out there. It's the picture that everybody wants to aerial of the golden domes. And you see Florida state's uniforms and it was perfect. Like it's the perfect visual. And then you get to the actual game. And there was a point where Notre Dame was running away with it. And then once they got up, by 18 points, it seemed like the offense and the defense just clocked out. Like the offense, four minutes left in the third quarter said, we're not gonna score anymore. And the defense said, we're not gonna get any more stops. And then Mackenzie Milton comes in the game off of uh, just a freak play where the starting quarterback, Travis's helmet just flies off and he gets his opportunity. And he's phenomenal. Yep. And this is a guy who wasn't supposed to walk again. This is a guy who could have potentially had his leg amputated it was such a gruesome injury three surgical teams had mm. to work on him to get him back they said you may not walk again and he performed like a star it was the perfect game it yep. was an overtime game we all love free football and it was just it was a great i think end to that weekend right there of college it football
1: it, and you said it perfectly even though it's funny joshua because we aired the game on our station so just to paint a picture in local tv life Our specialty 30-minute show goes on already late at like 10.35 on Sundays. But when you air the game and a game goes into overtime, it pushes you back even further. So our regular newscast had already been pushed back like a half hour. So that means our show had been pushed back another half hour. But we did not care. Usually we, we would care if it was any other situation where it was a boring game. But this was like the perfect ending to a great weekend of college football being back in full effect. And I'm talking from the sights and sounds from what yes. we saw on the field, but from Wisconsin and jump around from Vontech oh and, and their extraordinary, you know, enter Sandman. Oh and just my gosh. Everything was just, yes. we realized how much we miss college football at its fullest.
0: So let's talk about that for a sec, because I think you're right some of the images, the visuals, and the sounds from this weekend were absolutely perfect. And we talked about Florida State and the band playing and the fans chanting and everything in the stadium there is absolutely perfect. And then you hit on it. For the Fox big noon game, basically what they deem as their game of the week, jump around in a Big Ten slugfest Mm. was just exactly what we needed. And then you talked about VaTech and it wasn't just the entrance there. They pulled the upset. They did. This is I mean it's college football. Exactly how we all missed it. It is it was phenomenal.
1: Real quickly before we go on to some of the big ones this weekend, I'm going to go over the top 10 right now that just came out for this week because a little bit we love rankings. Uh we love rankings and sometimes (laughs) I'll throw them in here if there's significance to it. And the only reason why this week I'm throwing it in there is because there is significance because there's a team that dropped out of the top five for the first time since 2017. So we got Alabama at number one, no surprise. Um, they have completely blown my mind and expectations mm-hmm. again, because now we're seeing Alabama with this new quarterback who's never played, um, and smaller he looks, dude,
0: he's
1: smaller dude, but has so much confidence, didn't act like the stage was too big for him at all. And mind you, he's a, already got a million dollar endorsement. So right. you'd think there's a little bit of pressure, but didn't act like it. I think it might be one of Bama's best, um, Defenses in a while that they've
0: had, which so, is crazy to say, isn't it? Because they, I mean, last year's defense definitely wasn't their best, but a few years ago, I mean, like you know, it they had they've had a run where it's been the best defense, in my opinion, for a while.
1: And we've got—I talk to Alabama fans all the time here. There's, I work with a ton of them, and they'll even say this defense is one of the best we've seen since like. The 2012 era, like around yeah. that, era. and so I'm I'm good. going okay. So yeah. Alabama at number one, 59 first place votes. Not surprised. Uh, Georgia coming in at that two spot. I'll touch on that game in just. A minute how, with how did you. they get I,
0: any first place votes?
1: Joshua, they have four, and I'm like, what is this?
0: Who I don't v-? understand it? Like, who are the Why four are Georgia you? fans that did that?
1: That's what I'm wondering. Who, who got into the system here?
0: Because well, there, well, there well, ain't
1: no way in heck I'm voting for them. And I want to ask your opinion. We'll get to opinion. it. I was just we'll gonna get say. to it. I got to yeah. talk to you about that game. Ohio yep. State comes in at, at three, and we're going to talk about their upcoming game in just a minute. Oklahoma at four, Texas A&M rounds out the top five. Now, this is where I wanted to mention a team falling out of the top for the first time since 2017, and it's Clemson. And mm-hmm. Clemson obviously had that loss to Georgia. Their offense looked completely anemic and out of whack.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so by no means am I surprised. I thought they were going to fall to about this spot, but I know it's shocking for those Clemson fans that have not been used to this. So they're at six. Cincinnati, again, this is your guy over there, Luke Fickle. I mean, I love he's him. doing a phenomenal job. He's at seven. Notre Dame, Iowa State, and Iowa rounding out the top ten. Look at those corn boys over there.
0: It's crazy. It's <laughs> I mean, we, we got a nice little Midwest contingent here between Ohio State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, wow. Iowa State, and Iowa. I mean, people say all the best footballs in the South, and I beg to differ because we got some Midwest representation here. I agree. I'm, I'm happy to see it, man. I love seeing it. I love seeing not as
1: many – SEC teams up here at least early on, but I, I do want to ask you about that Georgia Clemson game, and I think Georgia's defense is legit, don't get me wrong,
0: yes, yes, but
1: I just didn't see anything else spectacular out of them as a whole that I'm thinking, okay, you're going to give Alabama if a run for its money right now if you guys were to play them.
0: Yeah, you talked about uh, Bryce from Alabama looking like the stage wasn't too big. And I think for DJ, he looked like a little bit the stage might have been too big for him for the moment. And that's yeah. not this is not me disparaging him as a quarterback, because I think he's going to be really good in his career. I think he's going to be a lot better toward the end of the year. But yeah. we're talking about, you know, he, he started a game last year. We're talking about his real first time as the guy for the team. And they're just, you know, he, he did some young things this is what quarterbacks do when they're first getting Start in the offense. I also believe that their offensive line isn't as good as they've been in the past. I don't think their run game's as strong as they've been in the past. And I don't see that explosive, like, change-the-game wide receiver that we've seen at Clemson. And so, you know, that's the situation. I think Clemson's defense is very good. um, But I also think that they can be exposed by the right team, if that makes sense. And I think we saw that with Ohio State in the semifinal last year where they don't, yeah. they, I don't think they have the guys in the secondary to keep up with the elite receivers. Like if they played Bama, Bama would have scored, you know, they, they probably would have scored 34 on them at least. I agree. Um, I, I think personally, if they played Ohio State, Ohio State puts up four touchdowns easy.
1: Yeah. And that, you that's, know, it's like they never recovered from that game, right?
0: Yeah. No, seriously. But I, I think it exposed to uh, a lot of people what some of their deficiencies were. Um, when you flip it to Georgia, the reason I ask how they even got four first place votes is yeah. neither team scored a touchdown on offense. That's what I'm and saying. And I don't think He's you can vote six. a team in the first place that no. can't score a touchdown on offense. I don't give a damn what defense they're going up no. against. And um, there's still
1: some questions about JT Daniels. I mean you, I
0: agree. You saw,
1: and did you see the piece on game day like He's been dealing with like struggles, and and I wish him the very best because I me look, too. The, the mental health thing is a big thing nowadays, it especially is. with the pressure that you're getting um, as a college athlete. But that does worry me because you have all the pressure on you because you chose to go play at Georgia, and the expectations are sky high. And if you can't get out of your own head at some point this season when things are getting tough or when you're you know have a game on the line, I just see that being a sticky situation.
0: It's definitely difficult. And uh, coaches have a tough balancing act with that, too, because they have to they have to produce results. And Mm -hmm. I think that's their number one job. Uh, But I think with that being the number one job, they have to also protect the student athlete. Those things are like they're they're right level with each other. And so you, you never want your quarterback to be going through anything. And you have to do what you can to help your quarterback through it. But when you're in the thick of the season, that's where things get a little bit sticky. Um, But you said it. I think this defense for Georgia is very, very good. Um, I'm curious to see what they look like down the road, Mm -hmm. just to see some of that offensive explosion that we probably expect. Uh, But for me, they're easily the second best team, um, but they're not deserving of a first place vote.
1: No, I agree with you on that. Uh, just a couple notes of the bottom of the bottoms this past weekend. I was extremely thrilled when Washington went down to Montana, a team that I covered for three years <laughs> at the, uh, mind you, FCS level. Can I repeat yes. that? FCS level. And look, Montana is actually a historically rich program. But they they, are. they have been down uh, for the past several years. So this, to me, with how much hype Washington had ranked 20th, this to me was a huge upset, but that was really a cool moment for Joshua. I don't know if you've ever been to Montana, if you've ever been to the stadium. I'm telling you it for an FCS program. It is by far one of the top stadiums and atmospheres. It's incredible to tell you the honest truth, a game day in, in Missoula, Montana is incredible. It's it's the city. I mean, it's just like any other college town. It's the city. The Grizz are the, the professional team there. They're just at a, le- a lower level. So for right. them to go into uh, Husky Stadium in Seattle and take down that nasty purple and gold team, man, Joshua, I was just loving every moment of it.
0: Every yeah, but moment it, it, that hurts the Big Ten, but it right hurts now because it hurts the the Michigan well. was supposed to get in a the big, uh, in the Big Ten. Michigan's supposed yep. to get uh, a marquee game against a national brand or ranked opponent in prime time this upcoming week. Yep. And then your old conference had to go and screw it up.
1: And, and you know what? That's the thing. And i that's why I said until the Pac-12 can prove it on a consistent level, basis, whatever you want to call it, I just can't get on board with my conference because they haven't proven it. And look, we could talk highly about what's happening over at UCLA. I'm starting to believe more and more that Chip Kelly has this team headed in the right direction, but I still want to see it consistently. And until Mm -hmm. I see that I am not buying in period.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's it. Right. Yep.
1: Okay. So let's get some stuff going on in terms of previews for this. I'm going to pick your brain because we got a big one coming up. In number three, Ohio State, your alma mater, taking on a team that I despise almost more than Washington, and that is Oregon. Ranked 12th. They're always ranked in the preseason and ranked it early on in the season because they're the Ducks. Um, what, what do you see in terms of this matchup that's intriguing to you? It is, mind you, in Columbus, so the Ducks are having to travel. I mean, what on paper looks intriguing to you?
0: Yeah, I think the uh, the the fact that Oregon has to travel is intriguing because that's a 9 a.m. body clock game for them. Um, so that's always tough. Yeah. When I look at Oregon offensively, they are a spread RPO team. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're going to put the defense in conflict. And what Ohio State has to do is make a decision on whether they want to defend the run or whether they want to defend the pass. You can't okay. really – it's hard to do both. Sure. Um, and Oregon – last week favored the run two to one. Um, but Ohio State has secondary issues. And I think Oregon's going to want to push the ball down the field. And so I'm curious to see how that little battle there plays out. The other thing I'm looking for, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, who's one of the, the maybe the top player in college football this year, had a little ankle issue. Yeah. And as it seems right now, he's going to be a game time decision. So okay. if he plays, he could be a game wrecker in terms of Ohio State having to block him with a young quarterback in the game. So that's really the battle that I'm looking at.
1: Can I ask you, because you mentioned the secondary again with the Buckeyes, has this been a little bit different from what we've seen in terms of the last couple of years with this secondary being not as strong as in years past? Or am I just imagining these things?
0: No, secondary, um, they've had some issues. It's been a... A little bit of a journey for those cats. And I think last year, part of the issue was um, they weren't playing with the full deck. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also some schematic issues that can be exposed by offenses. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really curious to see how this defense evolves over the course of a year. Yeah, I think they showed flashes against Minnesota, um, but Minnesota, I also don't think has a guy that can really take the top off of a defense like some of the other teams in the Big Ten that Ohio State will face. Um, and so that is going to be something to really dig into.
1: So who benefits more from, obviously Oregon would benefit greatly from if they got a win against a program like Ohio State. But at the same time, you really need to see something out of Ohio State in this game that's going to make you feel good, right? That's going to make you feel like, okay, this is, this is going in the right direction. There's some new faces. We've got a new quarterback, but this is a good test.
0: Yeah, I think it, it gives national clout and credibility. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be a game that people are going to watch. as Fox Big Noon game. And so I think there's intrigue there. It's a national matchup in Week 2, so there's a ton of intrigue. Um, this is probably the best that, excuse me, the Pac-12 has to offer. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be intrigue there, and it's good to get a win over a, a top contender in a different conference. And for Ohio State, like you said, just in terms of the locker room, if yeah. you're a player there, I think it, it boosts your confidence up a ton because you know you're going to get tested when you face a team like Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan probably will even be a test this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not a ton in the Big Ten. And so you want to stack up as many of those quality wins as you can get while, off it, while also building that confidence early on in the season.
1: Are you going to be at the shoe?
0: I'm not. I'm going to be okay. in Chicago.
1: Well. I am excited for those Buckeye fans who are going to be in the shoe. It's going to be packed. This is going to be such an electric game day atmosphere. I'm jealous of you guys because I remember some of those games, those big games. You know, there's just nothing like that, that energy. So I hope you can experience that as much as you can being in the studio.
0: So (laughs) this is the thing that has been floating around Columbus, though, is there are like 10,000 unsold tickets right now.
1: How is that even possible, Joshua? So
0: I think it's a combination of things. I think the pandemic
1: okay. is
0: um, on on either side kind of pushing people away because Ohio State is asking for people to like wear masks in the concourse and in the restrooms okay. and everything. And Columbus is actually going back on a mask mandate in public spaces mm-hmm. here starting on Friday. Oh, so um, it starts. Okay. And then... Obviously, if you're somebody who is um, trying to avoid COVID, you wouldn't go to the football game. Yeah. But Ohio State is also um, charging an arm and a leg for tickets right now. Um, and uh-huh. so I think that's part of the deal. And there were pandemic losses in the athletic department, which I understand. And so it's a combination platter. Uh, but like for the first time in years, I'm hearing ads for wow. people to, to buy tickets. They're trying to sell tickets or they're running ads to sell tickets. And that typically doesn't happen here in Columbus.
1: Well, I hope to see, you know, some sort of a, a good atmosphere there. I'm sure that, you know, maybe if it even doesn't sell out, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a great game on a Saturday. I'm sure excited to see it. I, I just, I'm really intrigued about the matchup and, and what, what is able to uh, happen there with a the Pac-12 team and trying to prove itself in a, in a team that has really built consistency over the past several years. So that'll be fun. Sure. Any, any more that you're excited about this, this week too?
0: Yeah, we got a top 10 matchup, college game day, Iowa-Iowa State. Oh,
1: baby. Um, a lot of that'll corn
0: be, Yeah, it's a lot of corn. Um, Iowa State struggled in their first game, and yeah. Iowa didn't. Um, but I still got a lot of questions about Iowa offensively. They scored yeah. two touchdowns on defense. Um, their offense was not really explosive. Um I don't know what to make of this team right now. So I think that'll be a very uh, informative game here for, you know, Iowa State and Iowa.
1: Yeah, no, I think that will be interesting to see if they can stay. I mean, clearly one team has to lose, but, you know, see what we really can get out of these teams. Like you said, maybe a little bit more of an offensive performance. It's hard to tell early on still with some of these teams that are starting to just find that chemistry in actual gameplay, right? It's one Mm -hmm. thing to do it in practice, but to go out there and do it against a a different team, some of these teams, if you're not Alabama or teams like that, you're still kind of learning as these couple of weeks go on. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of sticks in this top 10 right now and who falls out. Um, Anything else you want to add? Because you, you, you're definitely been around the block here this week. So Maybe yeah, the
0: block a... is uh the block is not as hot as it was a week ago. I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> not as hot, huh? No. Well, we appreciate you, you know, getting in here in the crazy busy week because you're traveling. Out yeah, of time I know. And it's, it's so just, our our it's recording nuts.
0: schedule is all it's all
1: it's crazy. all over the place. But you know what? Yeah. It's what happens when you have two people that cover college and pro and. We make everything in between it's all about <laughs> yeah. teamwork baby teamwork makes the dream work as That's it. cliche as it is we appreciate you guys listening and again I hope you guys enjoy week two of the college football season if it was anything like week one I'm just going to be in heaven so hopefully you guys eat and uh, drink and stay safe though and we'll be back the next week for another yeah. episode of Press Pass see ya
0: we'll drink and stay safe
1: yes <laughs>